Sign up with BetMGM Sports using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> you talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. In the Know, the Bourbon Street Shots Podcast. We're your hosts, Shemit Dua and Mason Ginsberg, and this is all Pelicans all the time. Welcome to In The Know. This week's sponsor is Bet Online. Make sure you check them out. We are bringing you a special trade deadline podcast. This is our preview before any trades happen, unless, of course, there is a Woj bomb as we are recording, which in, then you will get our live reaction. But hopefully we will get this out to you before any such trades happen, and you will be well-informed. Going into Thursday, joining me is Mason, as always. What up, Mason? Not too much. I uh, appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day of uh, fighting Lonzo Ball stands on Twitter uh, to, to chat with me. I feel very blessed. Yeah, honestly, it's a lifestyle at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to need some serious lifestyle changes. <laughs> All right. Um, well, so as you guys know, the trade deadline is coming up this this Thursday and the Pelicans have been in a handful of rumors here and there. And I don't think anyone conclusively knows where the Pelicans stand in terms of whether they're going to be buyers, whether they're going to be sellers, or maybe they're just not going to do anything at all. So here's what we do know. The Pelicans have only had six games of Zion Williamson. 
the Pelicans have split those games. They've gone three and three. The starting lineup those games has been pretty good. Zion Williamson himself has been pretty good. And they haven't had all too much time to gather data on, on what the team looks like with them, but they have had a good bit of time to gather data on what the team looks like without him, which I think we've spoken about earlier is that is also valuable data. It is important to know how guys function without some of your best players. That being said, the Pelicans do have some decisions to make. Now I want to start off with one of my favorite topics and it's going to be one of the easier topics to talk about before we get into some of the more complicated ones. Let's talk about Etwan Moore. Etwan Moore is a f- upcoming free agent. He has a salary of a little over $8 million. He is still a very productive player and could probably contribute pretty significantly on, on some contender or some playoff team. Do you think Etwan is moved by Thursday? I, I think he's the single most likely candidate to be moved for the Pelicans. Um, just because I don't see, I, I, I don't think it's likely, I'll say that, that a big deal happens. Um, but I think Etuan, like you said, I'm so proud of you, by the way, for, for saying that he could help a contender. You've come so far over the last 12 months <laughs> on Etuan. Uh, but he, I do think he could help, um, even if it's off the bench at the end of a playoff rotation. I think he, I mean, the, his ability to knock down shots, to play without the ball, to not be a total liability on defense, as long as he's defending the right position, defending twos, not threes. Uh, I, I think he does add value. And I think uh, almost as importantly for the Pelicans, while obviously he, I, I think he gives them, I don't think he even adds a full win to this team for the rest of the season, but I do think he is a net positive player getting rotation minutes to this Pelicans team. I think we've seen it and how he can help. Um, I also think that there are some players that need minutes um, and each one is kind of standing in the way of that. And for as long as he's on the team, I would play him until they're out of playoff contention. Um, But if he's not on the team, that removes temptation. So um, I, I think there's a lot of there, – there are more arguments to move a guy like Etuan than not to. Um, but I do understand the – I mean, and I think we'll get into this a little bit more when we talk about Derek Favors, but the, there is an argument to just keeping some of these guys just because you think they're not going to get paid in free agency because there's not a lot of cap space to go around. So um, I still lean more towards moving them, but I, I can see the argument for not. So you mentioned a couple things, I think – for starters, you mentioned him being a net positive, and I think that's largely due to the guys behind him being abjectly awful. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. It is what it is. No, but he he has been a steadying presence for the Pelicans off the bench. And uh, the question I think boils down to is, does the value, the on-court, and I guess off-court, because it seems like Zion and some of the others respect Etuan a lot off the court, does the value... He's a bucket, man. Zion he's, said he's, he's a bucket. He's a bucket. Does the value he provides you in that area, um, is it greater than his potential return? Because, frankly, like the type of return you're going to get from Etuan Moore is a bad second-round pick. Maybe maybe like one decent second-round pick, right? And, and I think at best what, you, what you'd hope to do with Etuan Moore is if you move him is you rearrange his salary into – a, either a different position 
to where it clears up that logjam at guard or, or B you re-roll his expiring salary and you get someone that has maybe two years left on their deal and, and you have an expiring going into next year. I think those are the things that you would want to look for in addition to whatever that draft compensation might be. I, I think it's perhaps a little bit ambitious to think that we're going to combine Etwan with, with Darius Miller as we had talked about earlier in the summer of that being a possibility if Pelicans wanted to position themselves to make a buy move, uh, they could use the salary of those two players and, and get a player they, they feel like could contribute. I mean, I guess we can't take it off the table. I just can't anticipate the Pelicans making such a move at the moment. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say I'm on team move him because anything back is something you could probably use in a future trade to go get someone else. Um, But I, I would love to get some sort of player or salary back in his return that could help the Pelicans again in future trades. I'm not too concerned about on-court value at this moment. We talked about Trevor Ariza uh, a little while back, and I think that was in the context of, of Darius Miller. You could you could flip Darius Miller for Trevor Ariza, and you'd save Portland a boatload of money. And you know you have Ariza's contract, which is to me more valuable than the player, and it seems like he's doing fine in Portland as well. So that's that's the idea behind Etwan Moore. I would w- would you peg his likelihood to be moved over or under fifty percent? Um, I think over, but I don't think it's much over, but I, I would, I would put it like, I put it 55, 60%, um, just cause I think he's the most, like, and the most likely guy to, to move. Would you, would you flip it? I mean, just let's call like Darius Miller and Etuan Moore for, for Gorgie Jang, uh, straight up. Would you do that? Straight up? Like no, no compensation? None. No. no. Just for the kick in the can down the road on the tradable salary? Yeah, no, because you. I think you're doing the the Wolves are massive favor. They've been trying to unload Jank's salary for quite some time, and there really haven't been some takers. And so, knowing that, I would try to extract at least some sort of compensation well, out of them. Yeah, so would I. I, I. I'm asking like if they played hardball and they said, "Well, we like how he played when Towns was out. Um, we think he's a valuable player, and we'll do the trade straight up, and and otherwise, no deal." You, you hang up. Yeah, I mean. Okay. I do because mm-hmm. if I'm not planning on moving Derek Favors, then to me getting Where the Jang, come from. Yeah. yeah, to me getting Jang makes no sense. Now, if I have a deal lined up for Derek Favors that helps me in other areas, yeah, 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 abs- absolutely. Um, I'd be, I'd be pretty okay with that then. Um, okay, well then I guess we we mentioned Derek Favors. We talked about him a lot on on last week's pod. Mm-hmm. Are you, have you shifted in in at all over these last few games of where, where you see his future is with the team? Yeah, I, yeah, I bounced around a lot with him, um, and I think I think the part that I maybe even we undersold on our podcast last time about him is just kind of the fact that there the the limited cap space for other teams, and so. Um, and if you're if you're worried about paying him this summer, the counterpoint of where are the other offers going to come from is a fair counterpoint. And so, I, I, but I think that that was work that does work both ways though. So that gives the Pelicans a reason to keep him if they think they can get him for a reasonable contract 
uh, the summer. But also, if another team that would be otherwise be capped out wants him, maybe they would offer something that's more than what you might expect for Derek Favors. And so, um, you know, I, I'm, I, it's hard for me to say one way or the other what, how I feel about a, a Derek Favors trade before seeing it, whereas, like, kind of with the eat one more question, I'm like, well, at least it's going to open up minutes for other guys. With Favors, it's not quite like that to me. And so I want it to be uh, a, a decent return for him to move him. Um, because I do like him, and I think if they're keep if they're about investing into him in the future, that means the medical staffs put their stamp of approval on it, and uh, there's no the the concerns there are limited enough such that they would be okay investing in him. Uh, so it's truly a wait and see uh, for me with favors, and, and I mean you can't also can't ignore how that the teams at least from a net rating perspective has been pretty good with him as the starting five alongside Zion. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say is I was completely surprised how well that fit's been going so far. And now I don't expect them to have that dominant of an efficiency going forward. It definitely seems like there is a path forward to them being good on both ends of the ball. And if that's the case, then I'm a little bit less inclined to move him. I still would like a big in the position there that can play with both Jacks and in Zion at some point I think that is my long-term goal but you know for for the short term if I can hold on to favors and sign him to a reasonable deal Mm -hmm. I'm not opposed to that I've also uh come back from what I think his market might be I thought that you know maybe Atlanta would want to overpay him but I've I've looked at some of the other bigs on the market there are, are quite a few bigs on the market and not that many teams that really need bigs and have the money to go after them so if favors isn't the first big grab off the board you know there's other guys like Tristan Thompson and Andre Drummond and Montrez Harrell that I feel like are going to be bigger names and probably going to eat up a lot of the cap space for teams that are looking to get bigs Um, and I think I've also cooled on the Kevin Love idea uh, although I think fit wise he'd be a tremendous fit I've cooled because one, the projected salary cap is going to be a tiny bit lower than, than expected, and it just makes the Pelicans' future moves um, that much tighter, and, and i rather not have that stress of uh, uh, a tight cap and, and little wiggle room. So, But again, if, if I'm able to move favors for, let's say, you know that, that deal manifested itself that we talked about last week, where it was Kelly Olenek and Justice Winslow, for favors and and uh, Etuan Moore, I would do that because I feel like a guy like Olenek adds more value over his contract because it's it's cost controlled or not. I mean, all contracts are technically cost. It it's cheap. It's a cheap contract. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then then and I can it can replace some of Favors' value uh, by paying a, another guy that's that's a lot cheaper. I would I would do that, but. I, I struggle to see many teams lining up to to take favors. So I, I'd be I'm more willing to roll the dice with him than I was last week. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's fair. And I think seeing even if it's just one agent or one team uh pushing pushing uh information, the it does seem like the the Pistons aren't gonna get what they were hoping to get for Andre Drummond. And there's a there's a trickle down effect there too. If they're not going to get what they want for arguably the best big available, um, even whether or not he fits your team is a separate discussion. But um, I think that 
if that's the case, then and the Pelicans don't see something that they think they deem enough for him, especially given uh, the possibility of, uh, of re-signing him for more of a team-friendly deal uh, with a lack of cap space league-wide. I think it's totally reasonable to, uh, to hang on to him and, and let this thing play out. Yeah. No, I, I agree. So, I, again, same question as before, 50% chance over or under? Uh, pretty comfortably under at this point, I think. Okay. I'll put him at 45. Oh, okay. That's a little higher than me. I think I'm, I think I'm more like 25, 30%. Like, eh, maybe one in three, but that's, that's the highest I think I would go. Okay. Cool. Moving on. Let's move on to J.J. Redick. J.J. is still one of the best shooters in the league. He is now coming off the bench, and uh, the Pelicans have a lot of players at his position, but the Pelicans also really value uh, his presence both on the court and off the court. Um, There's been reports that there are teams sniffing around for him and that he's been shooed away. Do you think the Pelicans or yeah, do you think the Pelicans are right to be shooing away those teams? Um, so it's all contextual, right? I think, I mean, they could be shooing away offers that they think just are nowhere near his value. And that value, I'm sure, is both an on-court and off-court thing in combination. Um, I also think that teams that are hoping to make deeper runs into the playoffs for – similar reasons to um, the, what the Rockets might be running into with Clint Capella. Maybe realize that JJ's defensive limitations uh, are going to be a problem late in the playoffs. And so you're probably not going to get a big offer from, uh, uh, you know, from, from one of those type like Lakers Clippers teams, I don't think, or an offer that's enough to move a guy like Riddick. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, that's probably where they sit. And then like the fringe playoff contenders are the, the teams that are not really contenders but are surefire playoff teams probably aren't going to give up a young guy for someone like Reddick. So I, I would imagine it's a combination of the, of the Pelicans really valuing his presence on and off the floor and the offers just not being, um, you know, really there for, for him. So I'm, I, I totally am on board with the Pelicans framing it up such that they're shooing away offers. They don't want to move him. And, and so it, I, I'm not surprised. Okay. Yeah, I am not surprised either. And I'm going to ask a question which I think is relevant for the future, so keep it in mind. But the question here is now, how many teams in the league, and in particularly good teams, are even looking for a shooting guard? seems like every team is looking for either a big or a center, and then it may be a backup point guard. But a shooting guard? Yeah, it's that's kind of a weird thing to I say. I think the right? only only team I can think of is the Sixers. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, that that's weird to me, and, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it's weird because it's usually usually a gap for a lot of teams. You know, whether it's a I know it's usually the the the, the biggest uh, uh the biggest luxury is the. The, the big wing, but obviously a, a, a smaller wing like JJ, but who can still shoot the lights out and can play off the ball. Is still, it's still has value, right? I mean, I don't know. Well, it's got to be other teams. Of course it has value. I mean, like, I think if you were able to magically insert him onto the Bucks, they would love it. 
You know, if you mm-hmm. were to magically insert them on the Jazz, they would love it. But how many you know, like of them are actually looking for a guy like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're. I think you're right. I think it's not many who are willing to give up. Again, the type of type of offer that would make the make Griff you know, think it's worthwhile. We're now going to take a quick break to tell you about our brand new sponsor, Bet Online. Miss your chance at Bet on Chiefs Niners? If you're not a listener, Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win big no matter what time of the year it is. With March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day right around the corner, Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bet for Super Bowl 2021. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up. It's super easy. And if you're already making wagers, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. Bring your best bets home with BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So this brings me to our final guy. Uh, the guy that we're probably going to spend the most talking about is is Drew Holiday. Now, Drew has been in and out of rumors for a little bit. So this all started in the 13-game losing streak, and things started to come out. Well, the Pelicans are listening to offers. And then David Griffin went on TV to say, "Nope, no, we're not, and we're not, we're not going to move Drew," or something along those lines, right? Recently, there have been, over the last two weeks, multiple reports around Drew, uh, a couple of Shams reports that say he is both happy and committed to the city. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if the Pelicans, essentially if the Pelicans were blown away, they, they would listen and, and they, would, they would act on it. Um, Woj has, has mentioned the Pelicans really aren't doing it today. Zach Lowe mentioned again that Miami and Denver, which are the two teams that have been closely linked to Drew, are 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 sniffing around, but the Pelicans really aren't inclined. And he kind of gave an idea of like what a deal might look like with, with Denver. And so the, with Denver, he suggested Gary Harris, Mal, Malik Beasley, that's the one? Yeah. yeah, yeah I was going to say Michael yeah. Beasley. I was like, no, Michael <laughs> Beasley's not on the team. Um, that and, was part of the Lakers trade last year, man. Yeah, Get it right. Godly. Uh, Malik Beasley and an unprotected first round pick. He's like, well, would that be enough to get it done? And, and the answer is probably no. And so he, he was like, well, what about if they included a second pick? Now, I'm going to lay that offer out to you. And oh, he also mentioned that the Nuggets are not going to impl- include MPJ. So, okay. So the offer is Gary Harris, Malik Beasley. And let's just say one unprotected pick and one protected pick. Do you feel that's enough for Drew Holiday? No, it's, I mean, and that's based on the, the expected value of the picks. I mean, like I'm not, um, I, I, I just don't buy the fact those picks are going to be any better than top. I mean, maybe 21, 22, something like that. I, just, I think that the Nuggets have such a nice core of young talent. I don't know if that team's ever going to be good enough to really win a title, but I do think they're built in a way that's going to make them a very good regular season team for a long time, and I just don't value the picks that highly as a result. So I'm, I'm out. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like I would, if I want the unprotected pick, I would want 
the pick the year after Drew's ex- contract expires. So it'd be like the 2022 unprotected first round pick. That's what I'd be aiming for if that's what I wanted. But my larger problem with that trade is the players. I think the players are just not that good. I think Gary Harris is aggressively mediocre. And I really, I genuinely do not think he's producing at a higher level than Etuan Moore right now. Okay. I, I mean, he is six foot three, six foot four. He was supposed to be a good shooter. He had one good shooting year, one above average shooting year. And his last two years, he's shot a combined 32% from three. And this year, he's averaging 10 points a game, 2.8 rebounds, 2.1 assists. I mean, like, your defense has to be all world for me to be like, okay, yeah, that's a, that's a guy I want to take a chance on. Sounds like he's, Solomon Hill, man. He's 25 years old. And it's, I mean, that's not old, but that's not like, he's not a young prospect anymore. Yeah. So that's Gary Harris. And you have uh, Malik Beasley, who is, again, buried in in their rotation. And so you don't really know if he's any good or not because he doesn't get any consistent minutes. He can, he can score the ball, but again, he doesn't really contribute when it comes to rebounding. He doesn't really contribute when it comes to assists. Um, I I don't expect his defense to be phenomenal. He's a decent shooter from three and he is due for a payday. So yeah, he's in his last year of a two point seven million dollar contract, and then he's he he becomes a a restricted free agent. And you're like, okay, well, what do you what do you do with this? So you have Gary Harris, Malik Beasley, and then on your roster, you have Etwan Moore, which he's here now. We can pretend he's not, so you can ship him out. So Gary Harris, Malik Beasley, Josh Hart, JJ Redick, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Frank Jackson. And then Deed Lozada waiting in the wings. You have like seven shooting guards that are about like 6'4". And they all do the same thing. That would be a terrible trade. I mean, unless I can combine all seven of those shooting guards into one Bradley Beal. <laughs> there it is. Why would I want to do this trade? Like, what are the, those picks aren't going to do anything for me. I mean, the only reason you make that trade is if someone else either values your current players or these players and you're flipping them for, for, for players of need. Because when you move Drew Holiday, you are moving your singular best perimeter defender. Your only guy that is checking the best opponent players defensively. I don't want to hear it about Lonzo. He, he does not pick up those players. He's gotten better defensively. It's just not his game to guard one through four and shut them down. That's just not his game. Brandon Ingram, we've talked about it. I would say he's one of the lower defensive players for his position. I don't think he's very good on that end. And you don't want him defending a lot of those players if he's going to be doing heavy lifting on offense. Zion Williamson is a rookie and clearly is out of position all the time, essentially. Um, Can't expect him to be that guy. Drew is your only perimeter defender. So... You're going to replace him with a bunch of 6'4 guys, which 
Drew's six four, but he, unlike other six four guys, he can actually play bigger than his size. And then you're removing the only guy on the Pelicans roster that can consistently run a pick and roll and is willing to consistently run a pick and roll. I know Brandon Ingram has gotten a lot better at it and he's really good at scoring out of it. But when it comes to setting the table for others, there still isn't a guy on Drew's level on this team yet. So you're, you're replacing two important skill sets with skill sets that you already have on the roster. Now, like, for real, what, what is the difference between Gary Harris and Josh Hart right now? Or Malik Beasley and Josh Hart right now? Josh Hart is averaging 10.6 points, which is the same amount of points Gary Harris is averaging. He's shooting better from three. And he's averaging six rebounds a game. And he's playing less minutes. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the, per, the per 36 go up even further for there. Yeah. From there. Like, you, you have Gary Harris on your roster. His name is Josh Hart. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think that's a – not to say Gary Harris is an all-around better player than Josh Hart can, like, definitively, but that's doing – that's certainly doing a disservice to Josh Hart in certain areas of Hart's game, um, whether it's uh, just overall hustle, uh, rebounding. Um, yeah. So. I mean, you have, you have hustle, you have, you have rebounding, you have – tenacity and transition. I mean, he's probably the best transition finisher outside of Zion on this team. Uh, yeah. Like I would, I would rather give all those minutes to Josh Hart than invest in Gary Harris. Yeah. Um, the only, yeah, the only possible, and I agree with you that, that like, like I said, that the, the picks and, and, and I also, I'm largely in line with you on the players um, being not enough, but um, the one, the only counterpoint I think has to be mentioned because it's something we just brought up with favors is um, the possibility that you could steal. If, if there's a guy, if there's a young Denver player you really like, and you think you can steal him in restricted free agency because of how tight the market is this summer, that would be the only reason. And even then I would still, it's still, a, you're still rolling the dice. It's a, it's a guy you like because of your scouting and your, and your, your analytics team that maybe you're, you value more than other teams around the league and you can get him in a deal for drew but it's also it's a part of a deal it's there's no centerpiece of that deal that doesn't happen with a, at least a couple picks um so i mean with with obviously the caveat that michael porter jr's off, off the table and so um so, so yeah i i just i don't know i i don't i don't see a deal and there's some like other there. there's some other guys like there's Juancho hernan gomez who people act like he's some sort of hidden gem, but he's failed to have like played 400 minutes this year. <laughs> right. And he's, he's failed to crack their, their rotation. Like, Oh, well, they're a deep team. It's like, okay, then why hasn't he been traded for something better? Or, or, or like, I don't understand. His, his played four years in the NBA. His rookie year, he averaged 13 and a half minutes a game. The second year, he averaged 11 minutes a game. His third year, he was, I guess, a rotation player. He averaged 19 Point four minutes a game and now he's back to averaging 11.9 minutes a game the, the year that he was a rotation player he had 5.8 points per game he shot decently from three and like okay maybe this is a type of player that you expand his role and and he can be better but as of now like we we struggle to get melee minutes like where where does this guy get minutes yeah and there's monte morris who i actually like i think he's probably better than I don't want to say he's better than Gary Harris because I don't know but he might be he I, he's the one guy that can actually run 
an offense. He's he's a, he's a solid he's a solid point guard, and and the Pelicans could use that on the bench. But then it kind of like puts you in an awkward position with with Nah. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, how much do you invest in Nah? So like, I mean, they they have these weird players, and and they can clearly contribute and off the bench. But do I want to trade Drew Holiday for a poo poo platter? Like, no. I I don't. And so. I'm I'm pumping the brakes on on any Denver trade. The other team that was mentioned, and this one intrigues me a lot more, is is Miami. Um, Miami, Zach Lowe said, is unwilling to put Tyler Harrow on the table, which to me just reads like jockeying. It's like whatever. Of course they're going to say that. Yeah. Um, you know the Pelicans didn't want to pay the luxury tax because of Meritick, even though that was never a concern. Um, yeah, that 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 to me like whatever. So. What what are some heat pieces that intrigue you, and what would you formulate a trade to look like? Yeah, uh, so Harrow's on that list. Um, I and so is, is he a non-negotiable? Mm, he's close to it. Um, just I, I, I think I don't. I, I honestly, I don't. I don't know the picks that Miami has coming down the pipe. I assume they're not good because they're usually the ones trading out draft picks, not getting them in. Um, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, I have to look at real GM for that. But Yeah, yeah I'm pulling it up. Keep going. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, so I'm higher, and this is one of the things I think we've talked about on recent pods. Um, I'm higher on Justice Winslow than um, maybe you. I think you are, but at the same time, I can't just ignore all the injury issues he's had over the last year and a half. And so that does scare me. Um, I like his, I, I like the, I, I, I like his skill set. It's, it's awkward alongside Lonzo, if that's a guy you're also investing in. Um, but I, I think if you're, I, I think if you're just trying to accumulate talent, I don't, I don't dislike the idea of adding Justice Winslow to this team. Um, but I, again, I do think the injury issues are real, but like if, if, if Harrow's not on the table, you need what? I mean, you need – obviously, Bam's not on the table. That's non-starter, kind of like Michael Porter for uh, for Denver. And you've got Duncan Robinson. You've got – yeah, I mean, like Derek Jones? I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it falls off kind of quickly. I, I'm not – I don't know. I'm not that butt, butt in on Kendrick Nunn. Um, I mean, he's got his own fair share of off-the-court issues before we even get to the – the encore stuff. Um, so he's not a guy I'm super high on. So I don't know, like Harrow kind of by default becomes almost a non-negotiable, but maybe they can put something together without him. What do you think? So the only incoming pick they have is a 2022 second rounder from Philadelphia or Denver, yeah, the least so favorable one. Who cares? They've traded their 2021 first round pick and their 2023 first round pick. Yeah. So okay. Sounds I about right. think that means they cannot trade their 2020 first round pick currently until until draft day because that would mean they they owe two future consecutive future picks right yep so so the earliest that they can trade a pick is like 2025 and yes you so you could potentially be like okay give me a 2025 unprotected first round pick and and maybe that turns into something one day and you have the Lakers, you know, picks out far out there too. So like, that's, that's a really far out gamble, but in terms of players, like 
first of all, to me, Tyler Harrow would be a non-negotiable. I think he has to be. Just looking at the guys. <clears> I, I think I think a trade doesn't happen without him. Um, I'd be happy to eat any bad salary they want to send me. I don't. To me, that doesn't matter. I would love. You know, here's a debate that that I've had with McNamara, and I think I put it on Twitter. So I'll ask you: Who has more value to you, Duncan Robinson or Justice Winslow? Um, I lean very slightly Duncan Robinson, but again, that's only because of the how injured Justice Winslow has been over this season and last. Like, I just don't, I don't trust him enough, and I think, I think you're pretty. You're going to be pretty definitively in the Duncan Robinson camp, right? You know, I was I was Team Winslow camp, um, but I I I think I'm I've switched over to the Duncan Robinson camp. Okay. This guy this guy is averaging absurd splits. I mean, he's averaging 12 points a game. He's shooting 43.8 percent from three on seven attempts per game, almost eight attempts per game. He's got he's got he's third on the team in minutes, and he has the second best plus minus on the team or net net rating on the team behind Jimmy Butler of the guys who play real minutes. And that's higher than he's ahead of Bam. Yeah. He's shooting like 90% from the free throw line. So I'll never have a free throw concern with him in my life. Um, honestly, like if you, if you grab Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson, this is max fetish of a trade and he obsesses over this combo. But if you grab those two guys, you have, two elite shooters to put next to Zion and Ingram that you could probably, that you could close games with. And, and, and how do you defend, how do you defend that shooting? Fletcher just had his dream come true. <laughs> we'll grab Kelly Olenek too. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm serious. So like, yeah. to me, I would, I would ask for Harrow and Robinson and any bad seller they want to they send me, and I would do that without a pick. If they send me those two players in salary, I'd do it without a pick. And then you, uh, you don't have a point guard, <laughs> or sorry, Lonzo stands. Who, who's who's who? Who well, do you I think? I think that's... what that what that move signals is is putting the ball in the hands of Ingram more, and uh, and, and, yep. and Zion. Oh, yeah. And 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 Lonzo still do Lonzo things, and you know maybe it opens up a pathway for him to grow into that kind of player. I still don't think that's that's going to happen, at least while he's yeah. a Pelican. Um, but what it does is it, is as it puts the ball into the hands of Ingram, and 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 be like, okay, well you're you're going to be the guy in the half court, yeah. you know, yeah. and and you know I, I maybe. Tyler Harrow has some on-ball chops that we don't know about. I think he's better than people let on. He's not strictly a Kyle Korver type player. Mm-hmm. Um, the, he does have some playmaking and, and, and vision that uh, he's flashed. So who knows? Maybe he develops really good chemistry with, with Zion. But those are the two players I would ask for. And then if they, you know, they're probably going to balk. So if there's any combination of Harrow and Winslow, I'm asking for picks and, and other stuff, but that that's kind of how I'm building my trade is around Tyler Harrow and, and, and Duncan Robinson. That's, that's what I'd want to do. And if Miami came to me with those players, I would do that trade. I think the biggest problem with me 
with with the Duncan Robinson and the Hero trade is again you are committing to a team offensively, <laughs> and you're hoping. Okay. I was about to be. I was about to go there. Like, what's the, yeah. what does the defense look like? You're with those guys? hoping that you know a guy like Favors and and Zion develops and Jacks like the bench and whatnot are going to be good enough, and your team defense is good enough. But man, that is a team that's waiting to get steamrolled by a super talented wing player in the playoffs like that's that's what's happening now i think what happens is it could open up pathways for you to go get more three and d type of hustle guys Mm -hmm. but you know honestly the pelicans should ask for all three harrod robinson and and winslow fuck (laughs) it that's just where you start your negotiation and see if you see where you end up no um but i mean that would be the argument for winslow right is 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 he's your wing defender. And and mm-hmm. so you would close games with something like Lonzo, Harrow, Ingram, Winslow, and Zion. Mm-hmm. And you could probably make that work defensively. Yeah, it's, yeah, I think you could. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's a tough ask. I don't anticipate. So yeah, let's, let's, let's same question. 50% chance over or under of Drew shipping out this deadline? Um, I think it's under, but I do agree with you on if it, if there's any team that can make the right offer for him, I think it's Miami. I don't think – I don't see a realistic path to a Denver trade. Um, do you sense. think he's more or less likely to be moved in favors? Mm, that's a good question. I think it's – I think it's – close i think just because i i think miami is the only team that can make it an offer i'd say yes to i'd say maybe favors is slightly more likely than drew um do you see anything while we're on the drew subject zach Lowe did mention uh toronto not and he also did say that he didn't think toronto would have the appetite to put the right players on the table to make a deal work for drew but do you have a – is there a trade you would accept from the Raptors for Holiday? It would, it would have to include both. Both of Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananobi. And then whatever they need to make the salary work. But I do not make a trade if it doesn't include both those players. Because to me, those two players then fill both the needs that I talked about. Van Vliet is a, uh, a ball handler and great in the half court. Any kind of function – as functions as Toronto's creator with Lowry's been more of their connector this year. And I think he's a fearless player. He shoots really well. He can play both on and off the ball. I think he'd be a really good fit with Lonzo. Mm-hmm. And then Ananobi is your, your very typical strong multi-positional wing defender who you would look to close out games with. So I would need both those players. I don't know if Toronto would do it. I think, Toronto's goals are to not have money tied up in 2021 because they want to make a Giannis run. I think Miami's goals are similar. And so what Drew does is he complicates that by having his player option that year for, for 27 million. My only counter to that would be, I have two counters, right? So counter number one is a lot of teams are going to have cap space that year. And I think Drew is going to be a very on uh, very marketable player. I think he's going to so have a. Out. Yeah. yeah, I think he opts out. 
um, two, if for whatever he, reason he doesn't opt out, I think you'd be extremely movable. Mm-hmm. I, I think many teams would want to take um, one year of Drew Holiday, and especially teams that, that have cap space and they strike out on on players. Yeah, they they would happily absorb Drew Holiday into into their into their cap space. So I don't think that's that much of a concern. But that's that's where Toronto's head is at. Um, I also don't know if 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 you know they want to throw off their dynamic by moving, I guess, two rotation players for. Yeah, when they're playing team. really well this year. Yeah. They are playing really well this year, but those those would be must-haves for me. And if you're Toronto, you have to kind of look at your draft success and your developmental success and feel like, man, like you know, we found these guys. I mean, I don't know if he was a first-round pick, but Fred VanVleet was undrafted, you know. And so I feel like you have to be confident in your own organization. Like, okay, if you can get a guy like Drew, get him. We can always find the next VanVleet because they have Terrence Davis this year who was undrafted. They got Siakam in the second round. I mean, I think as an organization, you kind of have to trust yourself. They, I mean, that's not going to be part of their trade negotiation, but that's how I would look at it if, if I was trying to – talk myself into acquiring Drew and giving up those pieces. Mm. Yeah. I, th- I think I'm in agreement as much as I want my boy Norm over in New Orleans. I think. Well, maybe he not, has I mean, to be the salary that makes it work. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's fair because um, I, I think Van Vliet is one of those guys who could present more value to a team that's trading for him than the Raptors just for the exact reason you just stated. Maybe they don't, you know, as much as they may like him, maybe they don't want to tie up big long-term salary in him because of, because uh, of their books. And so a trade, a team who's trading for him, you know, that you're obviously, if you're trading for a guy like him, you're trading with the intention of keeping him. So um, I think he kind of is a natural fit in any sort of trade that they would offer. And so, and, and I agree that OG has got to be in there as well. So that starting point makes, makes a lot of sense to me. So here's a question for you. Van Vliet is a free agent this summer. Do you think he gets over or under $20 million a year? And and what is the highest number you'd be comfortable giving him? I, I don't think he'll get over 20 just because of the market dynamics. I, uh, I'm trying to compare it to recent contracts, and so like. So here, here's here's something for you. The average starting point guard in the NBA makes around twenty mil a year. Like you, you look at the starting point guard for every team that's not on a rookie contract. It is supremely difficult to find one under twenty mil, and and if you do, it's like eighteen or nineteen. Not to split hairs. That's average, not median, right? Um, because we do have the. I, I feel like players like. I mean, I'm not Chris counting. Paul. I'm not counting like this. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I think. That. I think. Yeah. So I what I what I mean to say is is non starting point guards that are are not on rookie scale contracts are very expensive. I mean, the okay. cheap. I I think the cheapest one is Rubio at sixteen million. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's 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 interesting because Van Vliet's kind of doesn't fit the normal archetype of those players. So it's either it feels like it's either vets who have been around for a long, like not not necessarily old players, but he's twenty five. Definite vets. He's yeah, cool. but he's always been like there with Lowry. He's never been the guy apart from injuries. So he's so. he's averaging seventeen point eight points per game and seven assists, and he's shooting almost forty percent from three on seven yeah. attempts a game. Sorry, fair enough. I meant I meant like until this year, and so, um, yeah. I mean, I guess so. Like, I I would pay him more than that. I, I think I'd pay him. I, I I mean, if it takes, if that's what it takes. But at the same time, I just wonder. Do you, are there a lot of teams you think who have cap space that are going to make him target number one this summer? The Knicks. Their fans will be so mad. Not because he's not a good player, just because they don't know who he is. <laughs> Does he want to go to the Knicks after you've been on like a championship level team? <laughs> I don't know. Does he want to? He, he, he was undrafted, so I mean, he just want to collect the bag. I think a team that comes at him with a massive offer would be able to grab him. Um, but I'd be happy. I'd be comfortable giving him the Buddy Heald deal which is, I think, was like a four-year, $94 million contract uh, with like incentives that could reach 106. Well, I think his base was like 85 or something. Um, so, like, you know, your base is like 21, 22 million, and incentives can bump it up. I'm, I'm comfortable giving him that. I'm pretty comfortable giving him that. I'd be very, very happy with, with Van Vliet. I think from both a personality standpoint and a skill standpoint, he is a really good fit. I just don't think Toronto has any motivation to make a deal not not an aggressive one like that you mean uh, aggressive deals and trade him or aggressive deals in the, the contract extension trade him trade him trade him to the Pelicans I don't think they're so you think they if that was there if that deal was on the table for them that 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 same buddy heel contract you think Toronto does it without thinking twice I haven't looked at their cap space I don't know how that sets them up for 2021 I think are you worried difficult. about his, are you worried about his size? No, I think he is. A, he's small. He's a tenacious defender. I think he'll he'll guard. You've your, got to be super tenacious at six foot. I mean, like I mean, he, there's only so many Chris Pauls out there. Yeah, but Toronto starts both Lowry and Van Vliet, and they're like six foot each, and they're a really good defensive team. I think. I think he does everything you need to do on defense. And he's at, I think he's a two position defender. I don't think he's more than that. He's not Drew Holiday. It would, it would require a lot more from Lonzo and Brandon Ingram going forward. If those are your two pieces, but I love, I love his fit entirely. Otherwise. Yeah. And yeah, so their books aren't, Actually, I was looking at the. Oh, well, uh, Siakam's getting maxed. So, so can they fit a Siakam max? This guy on a twenty-plus million-dollar deal and Giannis. I think that gets dicey and difficult, and they have to fill out a roster. I think it would be cool if you could just sign and trade him this summer. Yeah, and I think that's a realistic option. Um, that would be the way to do it. It's just sign and trade them, which again, I don't know if they would do that this summer, sign and trade him and Obi for Drew Holiday. 
it's yeah um i mean it's nice yeah they've got it's it's nice they've got the one more year of Ananobi, and then he's a uh, his uh he's restricted the Giannis free agent year and even then his like cap hold would be well under what they inevitably end up paying him i think Eh, yeah, his cap hold would be 11.6, which is more than I thought. But, yeah, because it's like 2x your, your restricted uh, free agent tag. Um, yeah. And they, they certainly – yeah, the Lowry, they, they've got Lowry for $30 million next season, um, which I forgot that was declining, which is nice for them. Can you think of any other wildcard team that may be interested in Drew? Interested, sure. Uh, that would actually really capable. The, capable. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't see it. Um, I think the Lakers have a guy who the salary match works for. LeBron. <laughs> yeah. LeBron uh, to the Pelicans. <laughs> I bet um, Lonzo fans would be so upset if if LeBron ended up on the Pelicans <laughs> in any capacity. Like, oh that. my God. This LeBron's guy gonna again. Hold him back again. <laughs> LeBron's going to hold him back. <laughs> Drew, well, Drew's holding everyone back in case you haven't heard. Yeah. That's, that's the new, that's the new story. So, um, so I'm going to end this podcast by asking you one last scenario. Come Thursday after the deadline, is Frank Jackson still a Pelican? <laughs> um, we got a semi Woj bomb to hit after that, even though there's no actual deal done. But um, I think Frank Jackson's still a Pelican, and I don't want him to be, but I think he will be. Speaking, yeah, so Detroit and Phoenix are discussing a deal centered around Luke Kennard. Speaking of teams that want shooting guards, I guess they want a shooting guard. White shooting guards. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Okay, you uh, think he's going to be a Pelican? I say he's not going to be a Pelican. I, hope I think Frank is out of here. Yeah. What? I, no, no more I random like, minutes for Frank. I like Kennard. I'm wondering what's going on here. Phoenix, I'm just used to Phoenix making bad deals. Why? Here's the thing. Why, why is Kennard already on the market? You, he's like their one young player, yeah. and, and he's on the market. That, that tells you that should be a red flag, in my opinion. That should For his be value. Part. Yeah. Well, who knows what there's, the... there's something off, but I mean, speaking of, I mean, like she, she's a good shooter. He's got a similar profile to Mr. Tyler Arrow and Duncan Robinson, man, this could be a steal. Are the Pistons dumb? I mean, they did snag Christian Wood from us and who's looked pretty good. Well, Christian looked good, looked good with us. Christian good looked good. Yeah. Christian Wood looked good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's up with Kennard. I feel like if they're willing to give up on him, they've no good reason to give up on him. Yeah, I don't get it either. And they have they don't much in the way of shooting either. Like it's Yeah, they're just, not really in yeah, so if they're willing to give up on him, I feel like there's something off. And I don't know what that is. Maybe it's because they fear his upcoming contract. That's gotta be the only thing. They maybe they fear that he, he's gonna ask for twenty plus mil. The buddy heel deal. He's done. He's done nothing to like. I think the potential certainly there from to be a, a decent, decent player in this league. But I don't. I don't see the. Wait, when's he? When's he restricted? 
in a year. This is he's in his third season right now. So the team will have him. Okay, Phoenix yeah. would have him for one and a half years or one point yeah. three. But even so, you've got to be you, even if you're terrified of that. Like, who are you? Who are you looking for on Phoenix, man? Like, I I respect what they've you know that they've had their moments this year, and like for a little while they could be a playoff team. But I don't, I don't know. Like, what are they going to get? Is like, are they is Phoenix moving Kelly Oubre? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't see that. Maybe. Is there a young guy on maybe Phoenix? maybe this is Detroit's way of like dumping Reggie Jackson? How long does he have left on his contract? Hold on, I'm pulling this up. Reggie Jackson has only one year left on his contract, so they can't be dumping Reggie Jackson. I don't know. This makes no sense to me. Yeah, well, we'll see. I'm sure Phoenix will find a way to mess it up. <laughs> to <somehow>. mess this up. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure. But if they don't, then hey, good good for them. I wonder yeah. maybe maybe there's something serious about that knee injury. Mm-hmm. Bilateral knee tendonitis. That means it's on both knees. He has tendonitis on both knees. That's crazy. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good for Kennard. I don't think Frank's gonna be here. Um <laughs> We'll see. Do you do you have a wild card prediction of a Pelican? Do you think do you think this Pelicans roster is going to be the exact same come Thursday? No, I think they do something little. Um, I, whether I mean, just to make the rotations a little more clear. I, I don't. I mean, I, I like I said, I think Moore is the most likely candidate, but maybe it's Frank. I mean, just just some way to clear the logjam at guard and 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 make. Uh, make the worst coach in NBA history, Alvin Gentry's job a little easier for men's distribution. Yeah. Make it simple for him. Cool. Well, we will be back on the mic if there is a trade regarding the Pelicans. So stay tuned. I think we both figure that there will be one and let us see. Thanks for listening. My name's Colin Kelly, and I have one question for you. Do you love fantasy football, and do you want to win in 2021? Then be sure to check out Rotoviz Overtime and all the other Rotoviz podcasts, with new shows dropping every day on Blue Wire. We've got you covered for all things fantasy football. Subscribe to Rotoviz Overtime today.